Kubernetes is an open-source platform for automating the deployment, scaling, and management of containerized applications. The company Commodore started as a Kubernetes diagnostics platform focusing on Kubernetes troubleshooting for the entire Kubernetes stack. More recently, Commodore is taking a step towards becoming a single pane of glass to simplify Kubernetes for developers. In the past, they were more DevOps focused and they've made some significant changes in the product that will appeal more to the developer. Commodore is also entering into the cluster management space to compete with Lens. Etil Schwartz is the co-founder and CTO of Commodore and he joins us today. This episode is hosted by Lee Atchison. Lee Atchison is a software architect, author, and thought leader on cloud computing and application modernization. His most recent book, Architecting for Scale, is an essential resource for technical teams looking to maintain high availability and manage risk in their cloud environments. Lee is the host of his podcast, Modern Digital Business, an engaging and informative podcast produced for people looking to build and grow their digital business with the help of modern applications and processes developed for today's fast-moving business environment. Subscribe at mdb.fm and follow Lee at leeatchison.com. Hi, I'm Lee Atchison, and my guest today is Idol Schwartz. Idol is the co-founder and CTO of Commodore, a Kubernetes operation and management platform. Ido, welcome, or I should should I say welcome back to Software Engineering Daily. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here again and again with you, Louis. I'm, I'm super happy. Great. Yeah, this is our first uh, interview with video, so this is going to be a new experience for us, and hopefully our listeners enjoy this as well. Yeah, listeners and, and now viewers, right? Like- and viewers, that's right. <laughs> I'm going to change my language here now. It's not just listeners. Well, we've talked before on this podcast, but but recently Commodore has made some changes in in its direction. You know, you've started focusing on a freemium and a dev first model, and we definitely want to talk about those things. But can you start by telling our listeners, you know, who who may not be familiar with you and what Commodore does? Can you tell me a little bit about what Commodore is? Who are you, and what do you do? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. To, to do like a quick recap, like what we do in life, like Commodore, like we're a startup. We're still quite young, like two and a half year old. Uh, with that uh, said, we are now 60 employees. Uh, we raised like a couple of, you know, SC, then A and B round. And we have dozens of different customers. So we're like, we're a young startup focused on helping people. And we're going to talk about what people to troubleshoot, to operate, to manage Kubernetes cluster much more easily. Uh, we started by focusing around the SRE and like the DevOps people, and we do provide them like really big value. Uh, but we are now doing like a, a small of like a focus change to help developers as well, and not only like operation people. And that is with the mindset that we see in the ecosystem of like the shift left movement, empowerment of developers, and we see this as a very, very big trend, uh, both for our existing and potential customers. And this is why we're doing a small uh, like uh, adjustments in the product to give real benefit for developers that find it hard to use, to troubleshoot, to manage Kubernetes. Uh, so this is uh, a bit about both history and current, but yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it, let's get right into the, the dev first uh 
transformation you're talking about. So obviously the needs of an SRE and the needs of a dev are are traditionally quite different. Now, DevOps is certainly merging them a lot more, but tell me a little bit about, you know, what does it mean to move from SRE focused and operations only focused to be dev focused? Yeah. So let me start by talking about the motivation. We're like, why are we doing that, right? Like, why, why? And then I will talk about what really changed in terms of the product itself. So we're doing the change mainly because all of our customers ask us for that. Like, you know, we, we met customers like existing or potential customers. And we usually met with, with like the head of DevOps, head of SRE, heads of platform engineer, like different names, same people and so on. Yeah, yeah. And the number one request that we kept on getting is your product looks cool. It looks good but can it also help my developers? And you know, like the first question we ask them is, yeah, we can, but why? Like, why should we help the developers? Like, why do you guys care? Like we're talking, why do we want that? Why do you want us to help the developers? And the answer for that is a very, very, very large portion of the time being spent today in operation and in SRE kind of roles is to give support for developers, basically. And they're telling us that a huge chunk of their time is being spent on helping developers to understand what is happening inside their Kubernetes problems and to solve their their problems. And it's frustrating. It's a very large part of their job. And basically what they are telling Commodore is if you can just take this very large chunk of time out of my plate, I'll be like delightful. Like even if you don't really bring me any value and we do bring them value as well, but even if you don't bring me any value, any direct value, if you can empower the developers, if you can make them self-sufficient, I will be like the happiest person ever. And, and we see this like time after time after time. And I can share with you like, uh, you know, uh, yesterday we had a talk with one of, I will say the biggest tech companies in the world, I would say, like one of the top five, top 10, maybe. Um, and we talk with someone like very, like, you know, senior, but hands-on, like head of all of the SRE, something, something. He has like a, a big title. Um, and I asked him, you know, like before, and we, they were connected by a mutual customer of us who is a good friend of his. So he, he already came, you know, quite happy and quite delightful to hear about Commodore. But before talking about the product, I asked him, how does the troubleshooting process looks like in your organization? Like put Commodore aside, let's, let's please help me to understand how does your day-to-day looks like? And then he said that, you know, engineers or like SRE in his teams are spending like 30, 40% of the time answering tickets and Slack messages from the developers. They, and he said like, you know, when a developer don't know what to do, it's very easy for them. Like all they need to do is to escalate it for us. All they need to do is like to write in the Slack channel, hey, my service is down. It looks like an ops problem. Can someone please take a look? And for like the and SRE. It ends up not being an ops, ops problem. It ends up being something related to what they're responsible for. And then he's like, and you know what? Yeah, like 30% of the time, all they need, really need to do is to read the log, right? That's it. 
they already have it in the application of just read it. Like, why is it so hard for them? And this is like, you know, like uh, we had like a really interesting conversation and now we're like starting a POC with them. And I think that what he said is like the essence of a lot of the struggle in Kubernetes adoption and in overall like ops to dev relationship. Like, I think that we are talking as an industry a lot about like the shift left. And I think it, it, yeah. it, it happens, right? Like, I think that in certain areas, like continuous delivery, it was something very ops back then. Tools like Argo and GitOps are making it very dev. Like even as a developer, I just don't think about it, right? Like I just commit to the master branch and like a lot of magic happens and my code finds its way into production, which is quite amazing. But on the other hand, once my code is in production, there is no set of tools, processes that help me manage the chaos, which is like production systems. And to fill these gaps, basically like this is what we do. This is what we focus, empowerment and like giving like a self, we bring the, uh, the developers into a self-sufficient state. Um, and we do that. And, and now we ask like, so, you know, but before I will explain how does it really translate into the product, I, I will stop for a second. Any, what do you think, Lee? Like, does it make sense, the story? Well, it definitely makes sense. And it also fits well into the, the move into, you know, much more DevOps focused. Now, DevOps is a loaded word, but the idea that your developer owns more of operations and the operations organization becomes more of a, of a, of the, of the infrastructure and the supporting requirements to support a dev team to run their service within production. And that's, that's becoming more of a standard and more of a norm. But what I'm, I'm wondering if this shift left that you're talking about with your product is related to that transformation as well too. Are, are were your traditional customers more of the traditional dev and ops? And now you're shifting more into supporting customers that are more DevOps focused development teams and then infrastructure focused operation teams. Is that a fair way to, to, to say? I'm not sure. I think because, you know, we are doing only Kubernetes, only Kubernetes, like this is our focus, this is our claim to fame and that's it. So even at the start, we were quite, you know, focused on cloud native companies or companies that have a lot of workloads in the cloud, which are traditionally back then, like two years ago, it was more like the early adopters, right? The elite teams and so on. And not necessarily like the, the companies where there is like a very big separation. I will say that the biggest change that we're seeing is even in those companies, you know, it's like the operation are doing a lot of things. There is deployment, there is like secret management, there is like so many different things which are like ops or like DevOps. And I think that like the day two operation, especially in Kubernetes is like the last thing that is moving towards the developer. Because uh, it's the last thing in the list, right? Like first you need to bundle the code and then to test it and then to do a lot of other things. And only then it's in production and only then there are problems and only then you need to solve them. So I think it's as an industry, it's not just us. I think like everyone has seen it, even like a very cloud native companies. By the way, I think that tools such as Backstage and like platform engineers in general and platforms and so on, you know, it's a very big buzz. I'm not sure like when are people going to see this video, 
maybe in a year it, it won't be the, the 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 talk of the day but i think you know those tools are gaining a lot of popularity like a lot of usage basically and it comes from the same reason it comes with the same um basically you know like uh, reasons or like agenda of how can we make the dev much more efficient we reach to a state where we must bring them the appropriate appropriate tools i think commodore is the, the you know is the tools that they is the real tool that they need uh, but it's part of a bigger trend like i think that if i would say to you everything i'm saying now like 2 years ago i think almost no one would have listened to me basically cuz you know like uh, we are still talking with companies right and they are telling us who can trust developers, like the operation people. I don't want them to troubleshoot something like, you know, that uh, they are like, they are stupid. Like they don't know how to do things. You know, like there, there was like one, one guy who said like, they are the last person in the company I trust on understanding production issues or something like that. And, you know, I think back then it was like the mentality in general. It is shifting, but you know, it's a small, it's like, yeah, it's like gradual shift. It's not like, yeah, I support my developers or I don't support my developers. Like a lot of the times it's a question of giving them the appropriate tools to succeed. Like you can't just tell them, yeah, how hard it is. You just open Splunk and New Relic and Argo and like uh, kubectl and you understand like what's the issue. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like four different tools that require expertise required to understand what is happening required deep kubernetes knowledge like commodore by the way don't come to replace those tools other than like the kubectl like we are replacing everything you need to do when it comes to interacting with the cluster but we simplify everything for you like we take a very very like uh, busy uh, and like expert uh, expert world and we simplify it and when it comes to the product, like how did we change the product? We are trying to take screens that looks very complex or are really, really complex. And we try to remove everything which is not necessarily for the developer. Like we try and we try to ask ourselves, I'm a developer, what I, what I really care about. And I don't really care about the internal events of Kubernetes during that time or like things like that, that might really interest the, the SRE. He just want to know like, should I handle this issue? Is it an application problem? Is it an infra problem? If it's an application problem, do you mind showing me the logs as soon as possible? And if it's an infra problem, let's just escalate it as, as soon as possible. So, so the product changes that you're talking about that make it more dev focused are more to simplify and streamline the displays to show only the information that the developer needs. But how do you know what that is? And how do you know, I mean, where, where do you draw the line as far as developers don't need to know about this? Developers do need to know about this. And is it the same from customer to customer or, or is that changes based on the maturity levels of the organization? Yeah, it's like, you know, developer is like, everyone is like a developer, like there are different level of experience between companies, inside the same company, inside the same team, right? Like there are different levels of experience. We're trying to answer like, in a, the first thing that you will see when you have an issue in Commodore, 
we should provide meaningful value to around 90% of the people who are going to look at this screen. Like our goal is like obviously like 100%. Sometimes we missed, like we gave too much information or we missed something. Uh, but I think that the canonical questions of like solving an issue are quite similar, both for like expert and non-experts. Like the expert can answer those questions much faster, but like, what's the current status? Like how many replicas do I have? Like if I have zero, it's very bad. If I have nine out of 10, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's fine, right? Like, so what's the current status? How long do I experience the problem that I'm currently experiencing? Like, is it just started or is it something old? How frequent is this issue? Is it something that always happened or like it started now for the first time after like a couple of weeks? Was there a recent change in the system? Did there was a deployment, a config change, a vault change, like anything else? Is there any other alerts ongoing in the system at the moment that might explain this? Is there a Kubernetes infra problem, like node problem or, or pressure that might explain the issue? So, you know, I asked like a couple of questions here. I hope it wasn't like too much or too fast, but I think both the expert and the non-expert care about these kind of questions, the triage phase. An expert can answer those in like, you know, one minute, I don't know, maybe even less, like five seconds. Um, and uh, a developer might never know how to answer those questions. So we try to take the, the most important questions and to put it in their face. Like, you know, a lot of the times, even inside Commodore, right? Like, you know, I see a graph and I, I tell them, we have a problem. Like, this is not how a graph should look like. And that's it. Like, I don't need anything else, you know? Give me a memory graph, or I don't know, like, we just had a problem with uh, how many requests per second. And I told them like, this graph doesn't make sense. Someone is lying, or maybe we are sending the wrong metrics, or maybe the system is not behaving how it should behave. But this is like not, I saw a lot of like sending data graph. This is not good. And you know, I'm telling that because I know like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm quite good in, in what I do, right? You know, as a devel developer, a CTO, architecture, like, I, I, I've been there and I know that. And for me, looking at this graph, it just doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't tell mm -hmm. the complete story. Someone else might look at this graph and say, I don't know, it's a graph, it's, it's a nice graph, but is there a problem? Like, how should I know? So Commodore tried to take this knowledge that exists only for like expert Kubernetes, like people, and to dumb it down basically for them, like telling them, hey, you are missing a secret. Like if you create a secret with this key, your application will be good. If not, it's not going to load. Like there is no middle ground here. Like you are missing a very key in part. The PVC is not loading. Why it is not loading? You misconfigure it, you misdid something. You are, you know, there are a lot of different failure scenarios, uh, but the gist of it is something that we believe we can really like simplify. And we see it, you know, like we already see the the first like you know reaction from customers and they're happy customers. So let's let's go through a specific example and, and I, I want to focus specifically on the the types of information that a traditional ops person would want to see in Commodore and the types of information that traditional dev would want to see in Commodore. So let's take a a problem like. 
Um, our nodes are constantly failing. We, the failure rate of nodes is, you know, 10%. 10% nodes fail every hour. So some astronomically high number. Something obviously is going wrong in the system that's causing that to happen. Now, in order to diagnose that, that, that problem could be something in the infrastructure. It could be resource allocation issues, not enough, you know, the, the, um, the, the, uh, the cluster's overloaded. It could be something like that, or it could be a code related issue where, where um, services are starting up, they run for a period of time, they have a memory leak, they get shut off because memory is being used up and then the node goes down, whatever. It could be a couple of different reasons. In one case, the that's more of a ops focused thing, you know, the Kubernetes cluster issues. The other one is very much a developer focused thing, the, you know, a problem in the, the code that's running within the within the node. How do you give information that's available to both of them to help diagnose what that problem is. And so they can determine on their own, yes, this is my problem or no, this is not my problem. And the other team gets the opposite answer, right? You know, how, how do you do that? Yeah, great question and a great, uh, great example. So nodes, for example, is something common, like a lot of customers complain, the nodes are not going up, they're not, you know, like people are always having problems. Common Kubernetes problem. Network, you know. It is quite common. So from a dev perspective, usually like 90% of the time, right? Like 95% of the time, if I, if I can simply tell him, hey, the cluster is having nodes issue, he's happy because he doesn't need to handle it. Like in most cases, he's going to escalate it for the developers. Well, but it, but it could be a code startup yeah, problem. No, it can, it can. But uh, for the dev, like currently, only doing the triaging of understanding, like how... Why did the dev came to Commodore, right? Like he's not bored. Like he came to Commodore because now he has a problem with his application. The SLO is breached. There was a pager duty alert. Someone complained that the system is not working. So the developer now starts doing the diagnostic, the triaging phase. And without Commodore, he's like, you know, reading the logs, doing going to Sentry, maybe like doing a lot of different things, not understanding what's the problem. If I can tell him, hey, your nodes are having issues, in 95% of the time, it means, first of all, let's escalate it for the DevOps. Maybe now we need to work like side by side, like both developers and an operation person like working together. But in most companies, when they hear there is a node problem, the developer is not responsible on solving those issues. I'm telling you right now, you know, we can argue he should be responsible for that. But, you know, by the way, in a conversation like yesterday that I had, that I just mentioned, he said, developers don't understand sometimes that it's, it's like a node problem and they are like spending hours diagnosing something that they simply can't solve. Uh, and he blamed GKE, by the way. Like, and he said, yeah, and GKE have a lot of like node problems. For the DevOps that came to Commodore, and you know, now we come the DevOps and he, he heard that there are like node problems, but why? We give him first of all, like a full timeline of everything that happened in the cluster from the node point of view. All of the nodes that existed, why they died, what were their status, their error code, the logs, if, if there were any. So we bring all of this data and you know, we have a screen called node and we have node issue detector. So they can go there to understand and to find the issue. But when I look at the breakdown of who used Commodore for what, like scenarios, you see that the people who click on the node tab in Commodore when it comes to, you know, like uh, dev versus DevOps, it's like 95% people, 
people who are like ops people, 5%, which are like developers. It's like, they don't really care. They don't care on one hand, but on the other hand, this caused them a lot of pain because when they get the page that their application is not working, they don't know that it's not their fault. And a lot of the times what happened is, you know, it was like one time it was a node issue. Second time it was a node issue. The third time that he gets the page, the first thing that he's doing the developer is to escalate it to the DevOps, like without checking for anything. Because uh, it's much easier, like you write and it's like, hey, can you help me? And, you know, we try to like give him the tool to determine like what's the status. Is it an infra? Is it not an infra? Are other pods in the same node also experiencing like the same symptoms? Are they also crashing? If so, again, it's like something bigger than like one single developer. If all of the node is crashing all of the time, it might be that one developer, they have done a change that caused all of this or a huge uh, spike in traffic or things like that. You know, there are countless of like failure scenarios, but we help them like the, doing the triage and to try and find out like the, the real root cause of it very, very fast. And again, like fast and streamlined, you said it yourself. Um, so yeah. Cool, cool. So let's, um, let's talk a little bit more about the actual mechanics of this now. So the, this dev, op, dev first focus, you've also changed the model for how you um, sell your product, right? You're, you've moved to a freemium model. You're, you're moving to a PLG sort of uh, strategy. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, about that and, and why that change? Yeah, sure. So yeah, we are moving, like now we have a freemium offering. It's in the market for only a couple of weeks, like already like thousands of users. So it is kicking off quite, quite, quite nicely. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, again, like, like everything we do is like, you know, we hear, we hear what people are, are asking us. And we have customers, like customers who are now paying customers, telling us like, you know, why didn't you have like a freemium product? I would have tried that like ages ago, but I simply couldn't. And because now we're targeting not only the upper ops guy or girl, but also the developer, Developers are much more used to freemium products compared to sometimes operation people. You know, I've been in operations. Sometimes book a demo is like the only way. Like it, it sucks, but that's life. Like Commodore also had like 14 days free trial even prior to that. But we are adding a lot of capabilities in the product that we want them to serve the mass, basically. Like we did changes in the product that allows us to be the best Kubernetes dashboard in the market to operate, to manage. Like you can do everything you can do with kubectl, but much easier with Commodore and much simpler with Commodore. And we felt that in order to really gain the, first of all, to give the users something that will be valuable for them and for us to grow much faster as a business, that's like the best solution there is. And we also released like an open source as well, like we took a chunk of the product, we simply open source it. Uh, it is called the Helm dashboard. It's in the market for three months, I think, like ever since KubeCon, basically October, October, I think, I think so. Uh, yeah, three and a half months, which also gained like, like a huge amount of popularity. Like Helm dashboard is like 3K stars project. 
hundred plus like uh, daily users. Like you know, it is like much better than expected when it comes to you know. And I'm happy. Like we have like uh, almost twenty contributors already. Like a lot of like like I you know I saw open source project. I, I even I was quite surprised by the success of it. And Helm dashboard in its core, in its core, is nothing too fancy. It's to take something like Helm, which is used daily by developers and operation people, and to give them the proper UI to simplify it. You know, I, I used Helm for six years, seven years, I don't know, like a lot of a lot of time ever since, like I think before Helm 1.0. Um, and I love Helm. I think it's like it changed the Kubernetes ecosystem. It did a lot of like amazing things, Helm together with CRD. Um, but it's not that easy. It's not that easy. And, you know, I really love the Helm project, but it's not that easy. And we gave like people who use Helm a very simple or like easier way of working with Helm instead of the CLI. And this in turn really helped them, you know, enjoy life more. Like we, we see a lot of people like telling us, you know, this really changed how I operate with Helm. And this is exactly the reason we took this part of the product and, you know, when we moved to open source. Um, but it's, it's really fun to hear. And it is like really, again, like you see that there are so mo many moving pieces when it comes to Kubernetes. There are so many gotchas, so many like small things that you need to understand. You know, when we first like published the, the the product and I sat down like with the with the marketing team in Commodore, right? And we really had like a really good uh, PR, like a lot of people shared it and so on. And in the beginning, they told me like, yeah, like, you know, like Helm looks like quite successful. Are you sure that it, it needs a UI? Like, you know, there's a CLI. Developers and ops people love like CLI, like, well, they like dashboards though too. So <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know, and when you see it, once we built like the first mockup, you're like, wow! Like I can't believe I worked without that. And I think that we are sometimes as like developers, as operation people, we're used to working quite hard. You know, like doing like five grep. To me, it looks like it makes the total sense to get the data I need. You know, grep, awk, grep, awk, doing it into a file using IPython. And, you know, for me, it sometimes it takes only like, you know, like one minute or something like that, and it works. But for people who are not experts, having those tools is like life changers. Like we are taking them from a state where they had no idea what is happening to a state where they can operate it and to own it and to feel accountable for that without them needing to be like a, you know, uh, a bash experts or, or like to, to install a lot of plugins and so on. So, uh, you know. So the non-Kubernetes experts, such as the development group, this is a perfect model for them because it gives them access to the information they need about how Kubernetes is operating and all the things that Helm provides without having to learn the API, without having to learn the uh, the uh, command line, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. even like very... I, I know developers hate cube control. I mean, they hate cube control. They hate dealing with And that. I will say cube control is like 10x better than Helm CLI, I think. Like, you, like when it comes to use... Again and again, I'm, I'm really like a, a, a lens, like I really like the project. But, you know, even like trivial things, like sometimes it doesn't show you like 
pending uh, Helm status or something like that, when you do like Helm LS, like, ah, yeah, we don't show that. You need to ask for this explicitly or something like that, like small, small things that I'm like, but why? But why? Like, I, it, it's like super valuable information. Why do, why are you hiding this information from me? And, and, you know, we are getting a lot of issues, by the way, like good issues, like add this functionality, add this functionality. And every time, even uh, we are like surprised <laughs> on the, on the gadgets that happens. Like for now, like as an example, we just got an issue that Helm dashboard doesn't support neatly cluster with more than 300 Helm charts installed. And I was surprised, like I didn't knew it's like a common issue and we get like, yeah, support this, support this. Yeah, it's like, uh, we, we must have it. And you see how many like different failure scenarios or like good scenarios exist inside our ecosystem. So Commodore in general, when you think about Kubernetes, like you should, first of all, like try Commodore. So you will gain this level of like ownership, autonomy, and, you know, even like having fun, right? Like, you know, I love uh, Kubernetes, like, you know, enjoying a bit the work, not only living in fear. Well, we're actually at time here now. This time went by really, really, really fast. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been great talking to you. Um, is there anything else you want to want to mention about your new focus that you you haven't talked about that you think is important for our our, uh, lis our listeners or watchers? Not really. Uh, the, the only thing that I have to say is that we have a lot of like, you know, surprise in, in, in store. Like, you know, you can follow us on Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, but we are planning a couple of integration with like very like common tools in the ecosystem. I mentioned Backstage, Argo CD, like our goal is to be like a very integrated part with the community. And we are also working on like, you know, something still in like early beta but a desktop app for uh, for like uh, for Commodore. So really, like you know, feel free like to follow us, follow follow Udi, which is like our DevRel to any cool updates or memes about Kubernetes. Like uh, it, it's worth it's worth it. Udi Hofesh. Sounds great. Yeah. Great. So um, if people want to learn more about Commodore, where do they go? Uh, Commodore.com, Commodore Twitter, um, or to follow me or Udi uh, on social. Commodore is a K O M O D O R. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Great, thank you. So, uh, my guest today has been uh, Ido Schwartz, who's the CTO and co founder of Commodore. And, Itel, it's it's great as always talking to you and, uh, and looking forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, it was a pleasure, Lee. Bye bye.